Thank you yet again for tuning in. This is Brother Dell of Gospel of Repentance Ministries, and we are continuing in the summer series. And I have to remind you of the theme, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Praise God and thank you for tuning in. And what I want to talk about today in this podcast episode is something that all of us are familiar with, but may not uh, realize the this matter in depth, and that is the, the matter of baptism. Let's talk about baptism uh, for a little while, okay? And to begin this discussion, I'm going to work off an article that I wrote about baptism earlier in the year. I'm not going to read it verbatim, but there are some things in the article that I think will be helpful in explaining what baptism is and what uh, it was designed for. So first of all, we need a working definition, of course, of baptism, and it comes from the word uh, baptizo, which comes from the Greek word bapto, which means to dip or to uh, immerse or to submerge. So it means all of those things. And of course, when we talk about baptism or being baptized automatically, the it's about water baptism. Um, isn't that correct? We all are familiar with water baptism and we need to understand what water baptism was for because a lot of people believe particularly those that are in some Baptist churches, not all, but some, and then also some apostolic churches that believe that water baptism is the agent that actually saves someone and converts the soul. And that is categorically and unequivocally untrue to believe that a person has to be water baptized in order to receive salvation is unbiblical. Uh, you cannot uh, use water baptism as a premise for a person's salvation. That is wrong. So we need to differentiate between the different baptisms that are described in the Bible. And one of the baptisms that I, the first one that I want to discuss is uh, the baptism unto death. So we need to find out where that is in the Bible. And to begin, uh, I want to go to Romans, the sixth chapter, and we're going to read verses 3 to 11. And this is regards to baptism unto death. It says this. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? We were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. 
for the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then I went on to say in this article, our lives in Christ must be a life of imitation. Paul clearly reveals this in the preceding verses. Paul, using the temporary sign gift of revelatory knowledge, explains to us what the purpose was for Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And then it goes on to say this, Jesus' death served two purposes. First, Jesus died for God the Father. In what way? Jesus had to die to satisfy the Father's wrath and hatred against sin. Sin always will result in death. You know, as you may be aware of the uh, passage uh, later on in this chapter, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But uh, the, gift, the gift of eternal life is through Jesus Christ our Lord. Once again, that's Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And so continue, continuing on, it says this, Sin always will result in death, and since Christ became our substitute, he willingly gave up his life for ours. So in this sense, Jesus had to die as an act of obedience to his Father. The cross was the altar by which he offered a perfect sacrifice to God. By the way, Jesus regarded his death as a baptism. No water involved. And that's Luke chapter 12, verse 50. So that, uh, and then the second, second um, thing about Jesus' death is this. Jesus died to take away the sins of all those who would believe in him and grant them eternal life. So that is the baptism unto death. And so that is, so water baptism the point that I'm trying to argue is not the only baptism that exists in the Bible. And so let's look at it. Let's look at another one. Let's look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit simply is when a sinner is converted and brought into the body of Christ. It is another way of saying someone is saved. One cannot be spirit baptized without being saved. They're synonymous. Contrary to popular belief by those in the Pentecostal and charismatic movements, babbling and unintelligible speech, or what many regard as speaking in tongues, is not evidence someone has been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Uh, how do I know this? Because in the first century, when a temporary sign gift was operative, not all spoke in tongues. That's 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 30. I bring that point up because a lot of people believe that in order to be spirit-filled, that one has to speak in tongues. Or, as the charismatics render it, they said, it's being born of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit are two separate things. And I was taught, and maybe some of you listening were also taught that when you come into the kingdom of God, when you're born of the Spirit, you're powerless because you have not been filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And that simply is also an untrue statement. It is very popular and the Neopentecostal charismatic movements and even I believe some Catholic churches are into speaking in tongues or babbling in tongues. But speaking in tongues is not a indication that someone has been spirit filled. There are cults and Tibetan monks that speak in different uh, tongues and chant and things like that and, and they're definitely not spirit filled or they're not filled by the Holy Spirit of God they are probably induced and possessed by some 
foreign or what the Bible calls a familiar spirit, which would be a demonic spirit. So uh, as an aside, I throw that in for what it's worth. Don't believe that because a person uh, is speaking in tongues or babbling in tongues that they're spirit filled. And let's talk about another baptism. We need to discuss, uh, of course, water baptism. And it says, and this is the purpose for water baptism, by the way, it says, I wrote down here, the purpose of water baptism is to declare publicly what has happened to one inwardly. It can never take away sins. When we are water baptized, we are identifying with the death, burial, and res resurrection of Jesus. The old man of sin is dead and buried in the grave, and the new redeemed man is the one brought back from the dead. This coming out of the water is symbolic of the new birth. When John the Baptist was on the scene, he was baptizing people so they could acknowledge their sin. It was a baptism of repentance. And that's in Matthew chapter three, verse six. And they were anticipating uh, the coming of the Messiah so that he would be able to baptize them, the Bible says, with, with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So, so if you have been baptized as a child, but you've never made a genuine confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and the salvation of your soul, then your water baptism uh, was insignificant. It didn't mean anything. And as someone said, kind of jokingly, but it's true, uh, you went down into the water as a dry devil. You came up as a wet devil. So water baptism prior to spirit baptism is insignificant. The spiritual baptism has to happen first. And then the outward sign of what happened on the inside of you is uh, what needs to happen after that. So the water baptism is a public declaration of your identifying with the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are identifying that you belong to him and he belongs to you. But like I said, it makes no sense and it's pointless to be water baptized if you're not been spirit baptized. And of course, being spiritually baptized is being born again, being born of the spirit of God. And that can only happen if one person acknowledges their sin and they repent of their sin and they're converted. So that is the, um, the point of uh, spiritual baptism. And then subsequently the, um, the water baptism is to occur. So four baptisms that I have acknowledged in the scripture are these. Uh, the number one, there's John's baptism of repentance. That baptism no longer exists. Uh, two, there's Jesus' baptism of suffering and death mentioned in Luke chapter uh, 12, verse 50. I mentioned that earlier. And three, there's the sinner's baptism into the body of Christ. And that's uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 13 and 4. There's the sacrament of water baptism of the Christian identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and the scripture references for that is Acts chapter 2 verse 41 chapter 8 verse 38 chapter 10 verses 47 to 48 so that is a brief synopsis and overview of the baptisms that are mentioned in the scripture and once again I thank you for listening this is your host brother Dale of Gospel Repentance Ministries I'll check you on a later episode God bless you.